Good morning and happy Halloween to everybody out there. Welcome to the Call to Action podcast. I am your host, Eric, alongside my co-host, Jeremy. Happy Halloween, Jeremy. How are you? Happy Halloween to you. It's spooky season. It is spooky season, and it is also championship season yes, for it us. Is. Coming down the stretch here of the fall uh, regular season, and that means we have championships coming up. Yeah, uh, we got field hockey and women's soccer and in, cross yeah. country this yeah, weekend. Cross country next weekend. This weekend. This weekend. This yeah, weekend. This sorry. weekend, cross country uh, will be out in DeKalb. Uh, so best of luck to all our men's and women's teams as they as they have our first championship of the year, and then we'll wrap up as you said our women's soccer field hockey regular season. Uh, this weekend and we'll be we'll be right in the thick of it yeah absolutely this uh this starts a a run for us that that's pretty busy and uh but we love it we love uh my favorite part about championship season is just you know getting out to the campuses seeing seeing all the people that we you know send emails with every day it's nice to finally get on campus and actually watch some games yeah i i love doing everything around championship time we talked you know the other day with dr steinbrecker about putting on championships and uh like you said getting out to campus putting on our neutral site championships is also fun oh, yeah. when we do all that but getting out to the schools and working with them to to pull off a great experience is is second to none it's what we do yeah it's absolutely there's nothing like watching those kids like lift the trophy at the end of the oh, at the yeah. end of the uh championship so yeah i think i think uh, my favorite part of championship season, probably, this is going to sound really weird, <laughs> and I don't know if you'll agree with me. I don't know if me. I want you to say it, no. <laughs> no, I don't know if you'll agree with me, but I love setup day. I love uh, setup day. I mean... I've had I've had some bad setup days, oh. to, to be honest. I, I really have. With uh, I feel like all my setup days are outdoors. Well, yeah. And, and like in t- championships are outdoors. Uh, well, I, well, like basketball and stuff, like volleyball isn't, so... But yeah. but definitely, I mean, like I've had some terrible set. Like my first ever championship as an intern uh, was in Kalamazoo for okay. uh, men's soccer, yep. and the setup day it was like sleeting outside. Oh well, yeah, and I mean, poor poor Kyle and I were out there for two hours trying to set up some uh, <laughs> some long signs. It was terrible. Weather is plays a factor clearly, absolutely, absolutely. but I love. I guess our it's more our neutral site championships because our schools do a great job of getting the places ready, mm-hmm. and we we show up. Uh, you know, on site, and a lot of that thing, stuff is done, but we do put the signage out and everything. But when it's our neutral site championship, I don't know. I really like setup day. I like dressing yeah, up yeah. the facility. That's true. I like putting our signage out there, and we all, it's a team effort, I and that might say, be why we, why I like it so yeah, much. Yeah, I was going to say that for the neutral site championships, at least we're all like, it's all hands on deck here. Like, so we get to work with everyone, whether that's in the facility that we're at or, or just the people around the office. Everyone comes as a collective to actually work together and get it done. So, yeah, it's I pretty think, awesome. I think when we get into the championship, you know, we have our media role and championships is doing their stuff and everything. But yeah. that setup day, like everyone's on the same page. Yeah. We're trying to get the place looking nice. I think that's why it's my favorite day. I don't know. I, I, I guess... Most people's favorite day would be championship day. <laughs> you would think. But and I guess maybe, <laughs> Surprise, maybe, it's not. maybe I'm just weird that I just really A like getting the place ready for the event and uh, show everyone, you know, our new signs and yeah. and uh, how we, how we want to promote. And maybe, uh, again, sounds weird. I like the troubleshooting, like when well, something's no. not going right. Yeah, and then you have and to a lot spend, of things don't go right. You have days. to spend some time to to make sure it does go right. And I don't know, maybe it's no. And I I, I agree. I, I like uh, 
throwing out all the new bells and whistles because we yeah. do we do work hard throughout the year to try and spruce up a lot of that stuff and and work on the things that didn't go as well last year. So I think that's a lot of fun. Um, from from what from when I started a long time ago to now, our championship experience has oh I'm sure you know, even when I, even when I started here to now it's yeah, it's definitely changed. All the streaming stuff we're mm-hmm. doing now for all of our sports when when we're able to. Is has been tremendous exposure for all of our sports. Getting that all lined up, making all the calls, uh, you know, ESPN three, and they they've played a huge part in that. But there's a lot of behind the scenes work that Absolutely. I don't I don't think I think it's maybe sometimes a casual fan might think. Oh, ESPN showing up and the game's gonna be on. Yep, it's no, a lot more than that. It absolutely. We is. won't bore you with all those details. Yeah, no, <laughs> but it's a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. What's uh, what do you think your favorite championship you've been to, or I guess not just championship, but but event that you've been to and kind of can kind of help to put on, put on. I tell you what, that's that's an easy one for me. Uh, I didn't put help put it on, but the one that stands out during my whole time here at the MAC was when Kent State went to Omaha for the College World Series. Mm, yeah. um, Ameritrade Park, it was the second year, I think. Uh, Rosenblatt Stadium is where they had it in Omaha. And the, the new park, the current park that the College World Series is in, I, I think it was the second year uh, of, of his existence. Beautiful place. But that experience and everything going around that game – and all those eight teams that are in Omaha for the College World Series, it just felt, it still sticks in my mind as being the best experience that I've had while here at the MAC. Oh. It, it's been trim- it was It was awesome. Omaha is definitely on my bucket list to, oh, to get to, to, man. I mean, you got to. Anyone listening to this, you got to get to Omaha. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough for us northern teams, and that's what was so great. Again, yep, Kent right. State making it there is is a feat in itself mm-hmm. you, you don't see northern teams get there and that's why it was so special but the, these people line up outside the stadium yeah, the and atmosphere they get in there amazing, it, the atmosphere second to none and and the whole event was was fantastic i anytime someone asks me that question i know the answer that's awesome what about you um i think from a from a mac perspective my my favorite trip that i got to go on was last year to to california uh, to root on Akron for the at the College Cup. Yeah. Um, they'd made it back to back years, but I didn't get to go um, that first year. Yeah. Um, so, but flying out to California and experiencing that whole, um, I guess it's a different vibe out there. It, it yeah. really is. So, um, like just just the, like you said, the atmosphere and and the NCAA just does a great job of putting that stuff on. We had so many Akron fans come out and and support us, and they were just so welcoming and. So I mean that was that was one of the best. You uh, were out there with the big dog. Our, our uh, I was our I was soccer well. NCA soccer chair Jeff Bacon. Yeah, we'll Shout have to Jeff. we'll have to get Jeff on on the line one of these times uh, yeah, maybe, to talk about maybe that in a couple stuff. weeks to talk yeah, soccer. Who knows? Yeah, well, he, he he should we should have him on to talk about soccer for sure. Jeff, you're you're uh, welcome anytime. Absolutely to, to be on the podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think uh, putting putting on event in mm. event, it would have to be the regional 2015 regional. Here in Cleveland mm, yeah. at, at well now Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, but then Quicken Loans Arena, uh, we had we had <laughs> the teams that we had here in Cleveland were Kentucky, who was undefeated at that time. Uh, who was on that team that year? Carl uh, Anthony Towns. I mean, he's, oh, nice. he was the yeah, big yeah. name. Yeah, right. Uh, right, right. But yeah, did they have Devin, Devin Booker? Uh, uh, that could be may ba- have. that could be bad out of me. 
I don't it, really know. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to fact check. Yeah. We'll have to fact yeah. check you. I, I, I know, know Towns was there because I remember him and how big he was and yeah. and just his, you know, he was going pro the next year. Uh, the Harrison brothers. They oh, were, okay. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, were, yeah. They were on that team. Uh, so, so we had Kentucky here. We had West Virginia, Bob Huggins, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's Huggy Bear. Oh, that know? was that was yeah. also last year at we got to go to West Virginia for men's soccer. Yeah. And uh, we got to see Buffalo beat West Virginia. C.J. Massenburg dropped 43 points in overtime. Yeah, that you was, were on. That was an crazy experience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, the, that Buffalo team Sorry, last Bobby. year was obviously good. So back to the regional. Yep. Uh, so we had Kentucky. We had West Virginia. We had Notre Dame. And then we had Wichita State. Oh. Who, you know, has been has been in the tournament multiple years. They're yeah. kind of a mainstay. Uh it had to be the Ron Baker years. Or it something. was. Yeah. Fred Van Fleet, yeah, Ron Baker. Man. Yeah. Uh so putting on the regional, we had had first and second rounds here in Cleveland before, but we had not had a regional uh you know, ever. Mm-hmm. And um with a high profile teams, you know, Coach Calipari, Bob Huggins alone. He, he, when those teams drew into Cleveland, you're like, oh, man. The amount of media from Kentucky was insane. I believe it. And uh, putting on that event, and as well as it went with our staff and with help from the Cleveland Sports Commission mm-hmm. and Cleveland State, um, and, of course, goes without saying, all the people at the Q, yep. Rock and Mortgage Fieldhouse, yep. uh, helped pull off that event, and it went, it went perfect. And that's a huge reason why we're getting the first and second re- rounds back this coming year is just, I think the NCAA looked at it like, wow, Cleveland does a yeah. great job with their championships. And again, huge shout out to our staff and all the other people I mentioned. So that, that one sticks in my head of something we put on. Well, I was going to say one of the, one of the great things about the Q and, or the rocket mortgage Fieldhouse staff was that, I mean, they had the finals for f- four straight years, uh, playing those, playing those times against the golden state warriors. Like, that's so that's when I was working there, and, yep. it, and it was awesome. That championship year was was amazing. I think that's where I where I met you. you yeah, because you were helping out with the media stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Going going to the finals. That's a that's another great experience. And yeah, that's where you that's where you had that first yeah meeting, awesome that spark. The wow. Spark was set. <laughs> well, hey, what while we're talking about hoops, sure. <coughs> uh, how about we go to our our guest for today? Yeah, he is a basketball player. He sure is. Um, Bowling Green State University. And uh, Ethan Good, he's a senior on the team. He's also our COSA Council of Student Athletes president, current president. And uh, we hope you enjoy this interview with Ethan. We are here with our first student athlete guest in the history of the Call to Action podcast. He is Ethan Good. He's a senior on the men's basketball team at Bowling Green State University. Ethan, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing today? We're doing great. What's been going on with you on, on campus? Probably a busy time right now with uh, your class schedule and with practice starting up. Yeah, absolutely. Now it's same old grind. Senior year, you get a little senioritis. You're kind of used to it, uh, but uh, it's, it's more of the same. I think I think Jeremy's known at Bowling Green for having senioritis. <laughs> they, have a, they, have a, they have a plaque for him somewhere. This this Diagnosis, is true. The worst case of senioritis. <laughs> well, you're a neuroscience major. Is is that like a is that like a actual <laughs> thing? Hey, we're coming up with new diagnoses every day. Uh, so I'm pretty sure that 
maybe in the next four to five years, it'll be a, a, an actual diagnosis. You, I don't know what the medication will be, though. <laughs> you, you mentioned, or Eric mentions that you're a neur- neuroscience major. How did you get into that? Hi, ah, good question. Um, honestly, uh, when I was entering college, I started out in athletic training. Uh, I switched quickly to business. After that, I switched to biochemistry. And, you know, I thought biochemistry was hard, and then I switched to neuroscience. But uh, I have an interest in getting to know not only, you know, how people react and what they do, the psychological part, but the actual mechanism in the brain and uh, how that works. So I don't know why I picked it, being a senior now, and, you know, why did I do this to myself? Uh, yeah. But I'm I'm glad I learned the things that I've learned. How hard has that been to kind of switch majors in between, you know, what you were thinking about doing and then ultimately deciding on neuroscience? Oh, it, it's extremely difficult, especially as an athlete, because there's all kinds of eligibility requirements that you have to meet, uh, progress towards a degree. Uh, so, you know, there's pressure to pick your degree and stick with it. Uh, but at the same time, I know that I need to pick something that I'm going to use and that I'm going to enjoy. My pressure started early. As you know, I'm a Bowling Green alum, uh, class of mm-hmm. 03, shout out. Uh, but I had to do, I had to actually do book reports uh, to just get into Bowling Green uh, the summer before. So your stresses are a lot, but you know, I had to like read a Time magazine and report on it so they knew I could do homework okay. And then they fi- and then they finally let me in, and that's a true story. But I I switched majors as well, and it's it's tough. I started in business school and uh, didn't do so well, and uh, then sports management was around, and and then there I was. But you know to 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 switch that and to find out what you're doing. I mean that's what college is all about, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, here you are now, though. Yeah, we're, here. We're on a little podcast. Yeah, you're officially the smartest person that we've had on this podcast, or, or currently the smartest person on this podcast. I yeah. think we're safe to say that. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm flattered you give me too much credit. So, so in addition to your uh, schoolwork and practice, you're also the COSA president. Tell us what COSA is and how you became president, how you got into that role, what you guys do as a group. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been extremely blessed to be a part of COSA specifically. COSA Council of Student-Athletes, for anyone that doesn't know, it's, it's really kind of a rebrand uh, of a student-athlete advisory committee. Um, a while back, the NCAA had an initiative to get student-athletes more involved. And originally, it was just created as a community service opportunity for students to get together and uh, contribute. But it's turned into more of a representation. and Student-athletes are able to represent other student-athletes in their league that share the same you know, community backgrounds and uh, struggles that go on. So COSA is the Student Athlete Advisory Committee of the Mid-American Conference. And a lot of what we do is just is leading, uh, creating communication about diversity and inclusion, creating communication and dialogue about mental health and things of that nature, um, as well as, you know, reaching out and serving others and creating a, a better life for student-athletes is the end goal at the end of the day. Ethan, last week we kind of uh, started off a, an anti-bullying initiative throughout all 12 of our schools. What did mm-hmm. COSA kind of do to highlight that stuff? Yeah. No, uh, right now actually is the NCAA Diversity and Inclusion, Diversity and Inclusion Social Media Week, excuse me. Uh, but before that, we had our uh, diver- 
Diversity and Inclusion Awareness Week, highlighting anti-bullying, uh, things that we did depended and varied based on the campus that you were at. But what we really tried to do was create a sort of dialogue through tabling, through giving out things. At Bowling Green, we gave out orange bandanas. Uh, you know, people walking around like, what's this orange bandana about? Where are these people getting these from? And just to say, like, you know, it's about diversity and inclusion. It's about something that you wouldn't necessarily experience from day-to-day -day life. You wouldn't think about, you know, the philosophical why, why diversity, why inclusion. But um, it's important with the anti-bullying to realize that, you know, everything around you, uh, sometimes things get miss missed. And sometimes uh, you got to stand up and we got to encourage people that, you know, bullying is never, never okay. Of all these initiatives that you guys do, which one, I, I know they're all important, which one, you know, do you really get behind? Uh, I would say one of the things that the MAC does best in the country and one of the things that has been the most fun for me is our mental health campaigns, our mental health summits, uh, anything regarding that, I think. Um, culturally, generationally, uh, it's one of the biggest things that we face and uh, I, I enjoy talking about it the most. I think there's a lot of productions we gained from it. And, and another hot button topic is, mm -hmm. is the name image likeness topic. It's, it's big. Yeah. It's all over the country. It's in the news. I know that you've spent time with this in meetings. What, what are those discussions like that you have with these other student athletes uh, on the committee? Yeah, name image likeness is everywhere. And uh, Zion Williamson, you know, I hope he gets better soon after he just hurt his knee, but Zion Williamson is just has created, not that he was the one to come up with it, but the opportunity and the notoriety that he uh, acquired throughout his college career has just, you know, gained momentum in this. It's, I don't know how much Zion you guys have watched, but a lot. that guy's a freak. He's, he's very good, yes. <laughs> he's talented at basketball. Uh, with the name image likeness i think the people miss the premise of the conversation in the first place i think people forget about uh the experiences they've had i think if you were to ask them you know if i could either have my name image likeness and maybe get rid of the ncaa model and have to go to more of a professional based model i think people would honestly prefer the model that we have currently i think 95% of student athletes that may not have the same opportunities as the other top 5% uh, do appreciate the opportunity to go to school for free uh, to create a career because they may not go professional in their sport. Um, I think generally it's important in this whole environment just to educate ourselves, to make sure that, you know, when we read about California bills and bills from other states as well, that we really know what they're asking and all the implications surrounding it. Uh, I'm not a lawyer, but I've talked with some lawyers and uh, it's, it's not, things aren't always what they seem from the media. As, you, know, you guys know of any people. Ethan, I know, um, I think we're, we're about in the same age group. I would say back when I was like 14, I remember playing uh, the video game. I know you're a big video game guy. Uh, it was like NCAA <laughs> basketball 2010 or something. And I think Kevin Love was on the cover. And I remember you would go into the game and you would have to play as Kevin Love, but it would be like power forward number zero. Like what, uh -huh. like, how do you, how do you feel about that? Like are, <laughs> is any like Jersey sales, things like that? I know your jerseys are probably fly flying off the shelves at Bowling Green. Like, how, 
How do you feel about that? Yeah, everybody come get your own Ethan Good jersey. Uh, no, I as a kid, you know, I always grew up, and that was one of the things in a vacuum that I've always wanted to play with myself on a video game, not having to create myself, of course. You know, I have plenty of my players, and I've gone real far in my NBA 2K career. Uh, but, yeah, I've always wanted to be able to do that. That's a kid's dream. Uh, but I do, I do understand the, I don't know, the reasons why that, that can't happen or why there's issues surrounding that. Right. So, right. I think you touched on it. This, this whole name image likeness, it's, it's affecting how many percent? It's a very small percentage of, mm-hmm. of these Zion Williamson type, um, generational type players that you're going to see. And I, I think you said it best. I think uh, a lot of people, really enjoy and think the current model is great and uh, it's it's only just beginning right Uh, these these conversations are just beginning uh this is not even close to being over and uh, we'll Uh we'll see where it goes uh you spend any time were you in any of the meetings with commissioner steinbrecher about this do you guys meet on on that yeah well actually uh commissioner steinbrecher just recently got promoted to vice chair of division one council in the NCAA. So props to him on, you know, moving up and being a voice and uh, leading people across the country. Yeah. Uh, Oh, go 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 ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No. Yeah. But as vice chair of the division one national SAC, I also sit on those D one council meetings. So we kind of have a, uh, a voice together coming from the same conference as to, you know, what we perceive. Yeah, little birdie told me that uh, they had to go over to you and nudge you to speak up in those meetings a little. <laughs> is that is that any truth to that? <laughs> there's a little bit of truth to that. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of loud voices in those meetings. I, we we have people everywhere. Commissioner Steinberg said, "I had to go touch uh, Ethan. I had to give him a little nudge. He had to speak up a little, you know." So, hey, no one is safe. No one is safe. No one is safe. <laughs> nice. I think uh, I think we should transition into a, a little bit of hoops talk. Uh, okay. What you're you're in uh, your last year at, at Bowling Green. Um, what what can we expect from the the Falcons this year? From the Falcons, it you know it feels like MAC championship or bust. Uh, we had a heck of a year last year. We went to the MAC championship and you know lost to a heck a really good Buffalo team. Uh, and so. Coming back this year, I think I just saw statistics that Dylan Fry and Justin Turner are the top four uh, scoring back, returning scoring backcourt in the country. Yes, uh, right I saw behind that as well. Cassius Winston and uh, Joshua Langford. But we're excited. That's a year under our belt. These this senior class and this junior class are guys that got playing time when they were young, when we were a young team, and we were fighting every game. Uh, and this year, we're expecting to get everybody's best effort. So. Yeah, Coach yeah, Huger's done a, a great job with you guys uh, for sure since since he's joined the staff and and mm-hmm. uh, again you guys were one game away last year. I'm sure you're hungry to to get after it this year. And uh, what we're we're just a couple weeks away now from from opening tip. Ooh. It's it's crazy. I can't believe it's already here. It came. It got here really fast. Senior year, everything. It's I, I like it to slow down. If anyone would mind. Ethan, I, I another little birdie told me that you like to wear a lot of um, uh, sweatbands when when you play. Why? <laughs> why? Why is that? Honestly, uh, I when I grew up, I thought sweatpants sweatbands were the coolest thing in the world. Uh, I was a kid at the local YMCA league with two sweatbands on both wrists, 
shooting with two hands and uh you know wearing one on the forehead i just i thought that's what the cool kids were i saw all the ads uh i've learned better since then but at the same time you could argue that i have not uh i just get bored i like to have fun uh, i like to you know remind everyone that the game is serious the opportunities are real but at the same time if you don't enjoy it while you do it you're just going to get bitter on the way and so it's kind of my goofy way of trying to keep keep people loose and have some fun that's great another thing that you wear and enjoy that we that we know is you're you're a big sneaker guy yeah uh no currently i think i have a little over 50 pairs of shoes between dress shoes tennis shoes uh, not counting basketball shoes. I, I couldn't count how many basketball shoes I own. Uh, they, they really blessed us at Bowling Green, but <laughs> I'd recently got some white Hirakis and white shoes are dangerous. I feel like I got to put paper bags over them when I walk outside, but I've been wearing those things everywhere. So they probably won't last very long on me and I'm going to have to get a new pair of white shoes, but yeah, I have a, those have been my favorite. I have a bit of a sneaker collection of my own, but who's who's your your biggest competition on the team when it comes to your, your <laughs> sneaker good, game? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's gonna act like like they have sneaker game. Mm-hmm. If you ask any of them, they're gonna they're gonna say they're the best. Uh, but honestly, Janiah Gadsden, uh, though he wears a size I don't know twenty five sneaker. Not <laughs> really exaggerating. Uh, he he has a lot of sneakers and he. He he likes to dip into his style a bit. He, he he'll wear something that's a little out there. But where do you where do you even go and find size twenty five shoes? They they, I, they I, don't sell those on the shelves. You just got to know other size twenty five guys. I guess so. I know I could never have a pair of these really nice shoes with with kids at home. Uh, if if food is not being dropped on it, then I'm being stepped on, and there's <laughs> footprints, and who who knows what's going on. So I'll stick to these old man shoes that I'm always wearing and leave <laughs> leave the nice shoes to you guys. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I can't pull them off like Eric over here. No, he, you guy can't. comes into you know to the office with new pair of shoes every time, and I don't even ask him anymore how much they cost. I I don't want to know. Yeah, you don't want to know. You're uh, right. <laughs> we just gotta get you one pair of Jordans, and we can we can change your your whole game. Y- you know, back in the day, I actually did have a pair of Jordans, and probably uh, some general release. Yes. Jordans. Oh, one one hundred percent general release. They were not anything special. They probably didn't even have a special name like you guys are yeah. used to, but they did. They did have the logo on them. Yeah, I guess that counts for something. I mean, they they might have been knockoffs. I don't know, but I have worn a pair of shoes with a Michael Jordan logo on them before, and I think that counts for something. Uh, Ethan, you talked about uh, your your family kind of getting involved in your decision going to Bowling Green. A lot of people may not know that that both of your parents played college basketball. Did they have any influence on your basketball career? Yeah, honestly, absolutely none. Uh, I didn't know my parents played college basketball until I got to, like, eighth grade. Uh, at no point did they ever say, you know, you're going to play sports or you're going to do this or that. You know, they teased me and said, you know, fresh out the womb, I had a, a ball in my hand, whether it be a basketball, a baseball, a soccer ball, whatever. Uh, I've always loved sports. But, no, honestly, I, I visited – my dad played at Alima Community College, uh, Ohio State branch campus. And I visited there and looked up, and he had won like a state, two state championships while he was there for the two years that he was there. And I also noticed that he was wearing the same number that I wore my first two years at Bowling Green and my senior year of high school. 
And I kind of looked at him like, you weren't going to tell me that we were the same number or like that we had anything like that? He was like, to be honest, I completely forgot. <laughs> uh, so they they had some influence. Uh, my mom is a 5'8 rebounding phenom. Uh, there wasn't, there's not a single person in this, in this world that she couldn't box out at least six feet back. Uh, and one time when I was in eighth grade, I had pulled down 18 rebounds thinking I was big stuff. I'm the same height now as I was in eighth grade. So unfortunately that was probably the peak of my athletic career. Uh, that's more than most of us can say. So yeah, (laughs) I'll take whatever I can get, you know, peaked an eighth grade award goes to Ethan, but, uh, my mom says, you know, good game. Like, he did a good job, but my record's 22 rebounds in a college game. So, uh, wow. you're going to have to try a little bit harder next time. <laughs> wow. I never never reached the 22 mark, but it always stuck with me. Mom just bringing down the boards. <laughs> Keeping it real. Yeah. She, has to, she has to put me where I'm at. <clears throat> That's great. That's great. Hey, it motivates you for this season, right? Yeah, right. You still have time to get those 22 rebounds. <laughs> yeah. I, man, I'll be grateful if I get 22 rebounds this season. <laughs> so the, the last question, I, again, we scour your social account and before we brought you on and saw some of the things you like to do, a lot of your interests. And uh, one, th- one thing that definitely stands out is your faith and, and how important it is to you. Touch on that and just, you know, why, what make, what drives you? How does it motivate you? How does it carry you through uh, everyday life? Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm going to get deep on y'all here, all right? So get it, get us in the feet, get us in the feels. <laughs> I'll do my best. Uh, my faith, um, a lot of people, uh, you know, talk about what the Lord has done for them and, and uh, I can only echo anything that other people say. Uh, to be in the opportunity that I'm in right now with the things that I've been given, I couldn't have asked for uh, a better opportunity. And just I've been blessed in so many ways. But even beyond, you know, whether I was blessed or not, um, I was raised in a family with two loving parents, uh, three, you know, younger siblings who annoy the heck out of me sometimes. Uh, but... I was raised with not just parents and close family, but close aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents and great aunts and great uncles and uh, just all people who who love the Lord. And one thing that I appreciated about it was just the unconditional love that they show. Now, a lot of people grow up and, you know, sometimes they just do what their parents tell them to do. But for me, it became my own, especially when I came to college. Uh, no matter what you're dealing with or no matter, um, you know, what, what is going on, if you place your hope in your sport, you're going to get let down. If you place your hope in your school or your education, at some point you're going to get let down. And even if you place your hope in people, uh, they're going to let you down too because, you know, we're all just human. Um, I've learned that when I place my hope in the Lord and uh, have, have my hope in eternal life, something that isn't determined by, you know, how many points I score or what grade I get on my test. Uh, I feel a sense of peace and a sense of joy that um, you can only understand when you feel it yourself. And so if I could share anything with anybody, uh, it would be that 
you know, God is real, that Christ did come to die on the cross for our sins, and that um, this world is temporary, and there, there's something bigger that we're fighting for. There's a, there's a bigger mission. So, yeah, that that that, that, w- that was deep. Yeah, <laughs> I'll t- I'll tell you what, man. If if this whole neuroscience thing doesn't work out, you have a you have a great career as a preacher ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I've had a lot of practice. Yeah, man, you you just you just took us to sermon right there. You know. Mm-hmm. That was great. Great message. Absolutely. You never know what people are going through, like you said, the ups and downs and mm-hmm. and to rely on something uh, and and believe in something that, that can only help you. Mm-hmm. Well, you won't regret it. I, I promise anyone who gets into it, you won't regret it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ethan, we want to thank you again for, for coming on with us today. And uh, you're obviously a very impressive young man, and we wish you uh, best of luck in the future and in this season, man. Oh, no problem. Thank you, guys. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Bowling Green's Ethan Good. Uh, as we mentioned, it's uh, it's Halloween today. Yeah, spooky season. Spooky season is here, and we, uh, we I love Halloween. It's just it's just the Great. perfect time of year, uh, and I love seeing uh, all these kids get dressed up and and going out and and enjoying themselves, getting some candy. Uh, what's do you like Halloween, Jeremy? <laughs> I love Halloween. I Have, ever been to Athens for Halloween? Ah, uh, no. No. I should have because my brother went there, but it's a bucket list item. Yeah, well, I can't. I I feel like I don't have an excuse to go now. Well, yeah, you're a little but old. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah, go now. I wouldn't yeah, go now. Yeah. I was it, wondering if you went during. No, school. Yeah. I wish I did. Do you have any big uh, big Halloween plans this year? Oh, the Halloween plans these days. You know, two little ones. Yeah, what's <laughs> it like at the guy household getting ready for <laughs> for Halloween? Well, let's see. Our daughter, uh, big, going Snow White. Nice. No way. Last year was firefighter, and uh, the year before wasn't she Elsa at one point? She's Elsa every day. Oh, okay, got it. That's <laughs> that's, just, that's just an everyday. That's the thing to. with having a four-year-old daughter is she's dressed as a different princess every day. So Halloween, I told her, why not dress as something? Why don't you dress as something different than a princess? Because right. you dress like that every day. <laughs> Lost that battle. Snow White. It is. She wanted her little baby brother, who's going on two. Uh, to be one of the dwarfs, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think that's fair to him uh, to nah, just pop that costume. Yeah, on him. You so can't, you can't force a dwarf on a two-year-old. That just doesn't seem right. <laughs> and then which dwarf is it? You know, yeah. he's he's grumpy a lot, <laughs> so that would be a natural <laughs> thing. But so so she said she wanted him to be whatever you know she picked as a as a sidekick. Right. Uh, so she's Snow White, and he big big Toy Story guy. Uh, so uh, he he wanted Buzz Lightyear. Okay. We thought in the store that he wanted the outfit. Every time we've put it on him, just chaos. He's he not a fan. Oh, so I don't know what it is, but I think we we have uh, you're you know, in we for have, a good one. We this have year. today to get that that outfit on him. Yep, and um, we'll see what happens. D- did you have any good costumes growing up? I remember. I I like remember all of my costumes. What was yours? Right? Give me a time to think. Why um, don't you tell us yours? I think I think I felt like I was a little too old to go trick or treating at this point. So I I kind of had to get creative. Probably were. I couldn't. Yeah, probably. Um, I kind of had to get creative. There wasn't really much at the store I wanted to do, so um, it was really last minute. And uh, my mom came up uh, to me with the idea of being a serial killer, and so I uh, put on like Good a, job, a, a hood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I put on a, a a really big hoodie, some baggy sweatpants, and got a, a knife and stabbed it through a um, 
a Fruit Loops box. Oh wow! And play uh, on words. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, I was a serial killer, not ah. you know. So that was that was pretty creative out of my mom. I give my mom a lot of credit. Creative costumes are the best. They're mm-hmm. the ones you don't buy in the store that yeah are exactly, good. Exactly, exactly. People, I, I would have seen that. I mean, you started that story. I was like, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you thought, oh, maybe maybe killer. I should look for a different <laughs> partner to do this podcast. But that's very clever. Yeah, that's very you. clever. How about you? So I thought about this. This is when I was really little, and uh, I'm I know everyone knows this costume once I describe it. I th- I'm going to try and put it into words, but. So when I was really little, I don't know how I got into it, but I was big in the WWF. Okay, like yeah. Now WWE. Big Hulk Hogan fan. Oh, nice. So I remember being in an outfit. You know when he would, like, rip the shirt mm-hmm. and it said Hulkamania on yeah. it? And it's the red shirt. <laughs> you put Hulkmania on your I chest? Had, there, you bought it. And I oh, remember nice. that outfit. I'll have to somehow get a yeah, picture of that. Yeah, find that. That stands out as an outfit. I remember when I was really little, I had, like, the headband and then I had the Hulkamania shirt on mm-hmm. and all that. And I, I've never been uh, – you had the you had the costume right there, as I said, that's that's really out of the box. Yeah. I don't think I've ever gone down that road. Yeah. And I wish I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember the when I stopped trick-or-treating, but <laughs> – Yeah. Well, let's go back. Let's go back to being a parent on Halloween. I feel like yep. it's uh, often talked about that parents steal a lot of their kids' candy. Is that is that true? That's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, how much do you steal? Well, it's because I'm doing, do they notice at this point? I'm doing the kids a favor for their teeth. Oh wow, you're such a good dad. And you know, a lot of the chewy stuff, mm. I let I let them have the the chocolate stuff, and we ration that stuff out. But mm. you know, your laffy taffies, your t- your your candies that are going to stick to your teeth. Yeah. Those go, you I know, always, mom and dad, those go missing suddenly. <laughs> I always had a rule. Like my parents always said, you could have only two pieces of candy that night. Okay. And then everything else would go in the bucket. Yeah. And then the bucket would disappear like way too fast. <laughs> like I don't know what happened. I swear to God. I think I think I thought like my brother was eating it, but it was definitely my parents. Yeah, that that you'll find that out. Well, yeah, you know, someday. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, it it's a true thing, and we, you know, maybe we should hide it from ourselves. Yeah, I don't probably know. the the best idea. Yeah, they they. We're doing it for the kids. Yeah. Again. It's all about the but kids. But I love, to your point, I love when we get done with this. And again, my kids are young, and they go to every house and do the whole thing. When they dump that thing, that thing of candy on the floor, that used to be my favorite part. Yeah. I think everyone's, you know, oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're separating them. You got the Yeah, you yeah, got you got to the separate them. And... <laughs> And uh, all your favorites, and you're looking at them, and, and then see you see it. your pencil in there, and you're yeah. like, "What the what the heck is this? Yeah. Who, who, who gave me a pencil? Pencil and a bag of raisins? Yeah, oh man, yeah. those got we put hate to those the side. people. <laughs> we don't like those people. Uh, I like what, those people. W- no, 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 no. What's uh, what's your go to candy on Halloween that you're stealing? Oh, if well, if I'm not helping out my kids, and I just yeah. really want to, my top, my top three candies, I would have to say, in order. Reese's peanut butter cups. Okay, classic. Kit Kats. No, not a big Kit Kat. I, I don't know. And Kit Kats uh, are boring. I like a. This is out. Of, this is well. I like a hundred grand. No, a hundred grand is very good. Yeah, I, I mess with a hundred grand. <laughs> I, I think those would be my three chocolate candies. Mm-hmm. I, I like Starburst. Starburst, yeah. Those little box of nerds that you just pour back <laughs> and then you're <laughs> you done. Take them, take them like a shot. <laughs> <laughs> you and, and you just yeah you, that's that's right yeah uh, I like those and then 
back in the day, I was big into like the sweet tart spree. Yeah, that those kind those, of candies. Those, those kind of make it hard. They only give you two in like a pack, and I'm like, yeah. kind of like, eh, it's not worth it, you know. What about your favorites? Nah, I'm a big uh, like fruity guy. Like I don't. I mean, I love Reese's peanut butter cups and stuff, but I'm not a big chocolate guy. Uh, I'd rather go. I go with um the Twizzlers. Yep. But they can't be like on Halloween, especially they give away those like they're like a little fatter. Yeah. You know, I love those. Twizzlers ones. Twizzlers are boring to me. Nah, okay. no, nah, they're delicious. Okay. Um, Starburst for sure. Yeah. And then Skittles, I guess. Oh yeah, I'd, I forgot about Skittles. But I, but not sour Skittles. No, I don't normal ones. Yeah, I can't do sour Skittles. They're just. Eh. That reminds me with with the candy thing. How about people listening to this podcast send us your favorite candy? Oh, uh, good to, idea. To call to Max. Good idea. I like we wa- that. We want to hear what your top three candy selections are. Yeah, I love that idea. Hopefully, uh, we get some similarities in there. Yeah. We'll Hopefully, see. I don't feel like an outcast. Uh, there's probably going to be stuff that people say that we did not touch on, and I'll be like, "Oh my gosh, I love that." Yeah. So yeah, that's a good interactive thing. That's what we're going to try to do on here. So. Send us your favorite candy uh, in, in the spirit of Halloween. Yeah, once again, we want to thank everyone for tuning in this week to the, our second edition of the Call to Action podcast. Uh, you can follow our official account on Twitter at Max Sports and this podcast Twitter at Call to Action. Once again, we thank everybody for listening, and we'll see you next time.